Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we bring in Sam McGilligan of McKean's Hockey to help us profile Matthew Savoy. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Scotty also host over at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Um, today, Scotty, we bring in friend of the podcast, multiple-time guest, first time I've ever spoken to him, Sam McGilligan of McKean's Hockey. Sam, how you doing today, man? What's up, gentlemen? It's, uh, it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah it, it has, has been. The said, podcast the, season is just ramping back up. Yeah, really you're gonna is. be uh, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be a guest on a lot of shows, I'd imagine, over the le- next month or so. We'll see. You you fellows at McKean's Hockey are, are te- tend to be favorites in the Locked On NHL Network. I've noticed. I think well, uh, two weeks ago was it or was it last week? We had Scouch on, and the day before he was with Locked On Blue Jackets. So you guys are all over the place constantly, but it's because you guys are professionals and you do a really good job of profiling these prospects. And that brings us to today's prospect, our first prospect profile um, of the 2022 NHL draft season. And that's going to be Matthew Savoy. A lot of you may be wondering why we're not leading off with Shane Wright or Logan Cooley, who are, you know, presumptive or popular picks for one and two. Well, that's exactly why they're one and two. Red Wings are picking eighth. Um, Matthew Savoy quite, quite possibly could be going in that top five, but You know, we talked about it with Scouch, Sam, um, and he said that there was a lot of possibility that after two, it could be kind of a mixed bag of who goes where. And that's why we want to start with Savoy, because Scotty and I are in the camp that really what the Red Wings need to do this year is draft a center. And Savoy is that first center uh, who could be available for the Wings if he were to fall. And he had 65 games played with the Winnipeg Ice this season, where he had 35 goals. 55 assists and 90 points in the, of the Western hockey league. Um, Sam, what have you seen out of Savoy that makes him that top 10 talent? <sighs> Savoy is as dynamic a player as you can find in this draft. That is what you're getting when you draft him. You're looking for a guy who's as mobile as you can find him constantly a threat in motion, unbelievable set of hands, pretty decent shot. I underrated the shot anyways, initially, um, can be quite the effective power play player. He has a lot of upside based on the tools he has. Just like an insane amount. If the if he gets developed properly, Savoy could be a monster that people look back on and go, wow, how did he slip? So the one concern, though, that a lot of what I've been reading, a lot of these writers have had on Savoy is that he's a little bit undersized. He's five foot nine and he's about 180 pounds, which he's 18. So there's still room for him to grow. He could still get bigger yet. I mean, Pavel Datsuk infamously was drafted like at five foot 10 and grew to be, you know, a little bit taller than that. Do you think that size is really going to be an issue for someone like Savoy? And could that be a reason why he maybe could fall to the Red Wings at eight? Size is part of the problem, but there is a massive 
problem in Matt Savoy's game that I'm realizing more and more. Like I actually did three viewings this morning just to, you know, prep for the podcast because it's been a while since I've seen them. And I, I they really stood out more than ever. Matt Savoy has an issue with handling pressure. Um, the NHL is a league where pressure just is coming nonstop all the time, back to back to back. Just you beat one guy, there's a second guy in your face, you somehow beat him. Well, now there's a third guy, and the first guy you beat is now also behind you trying to get you. It's just, it, it requires super snap or super snappy decision making. And right now, Savoy kind of can dwindle under the pressure sometimes. Not in like dwindle as in he's playing poorly or whatever, but you just don't he's not as effective as he can be. And that's a bit of a problem. Part of it is because of the size. You can be knocked off the puck against bigger guys. Bigger athletes are going to come and they're going to take them. And as you said, like they're 18, right? They're all going to get stronger. They're all going to get bigger, especially the guys like Savoy's height and a few of the other smaller centers. You can always, they get the physics advantage based on leverage because they're shorter. So their center of gravity is lower to the ground. So if they have crazy core strength that they, they can manage as a smaller center, that's not really the concern. It's just being able to navigate through a sea of bodies in really tight proximity and not cough up the puck is a bit of an issue that exists right now. It's not unfixable, though. It's like it's something you've seen in draft eligible players who five years later are NHL stars. But it's also something you see. It's like a commonality that exists in first round picks that often don't live up to the hype. But they also don't tend to have like the toolkit Savoy has. So it puts him in this really unique spot where you can draft you can justify drafting him as high as five, but you could also justify dropping him outside of your top ten. And I would agree with both of them. I have no clue what I'm gonna do with him with my in my rankings after today's viewings. I'm actually extremely confused, if I'm being <laughs> honest. Um I just don't know if he's a center long term. Maybe he can be. I mean, he's not like a he's not a bad player in the middle of the ice, and he understands the value of driving and play through the center of the ice and the chances that creates versus coming in off the perimeter. But I'm just not sure if I can see him playing through all of the pressure that playing in the middle of the ice gives him when he could just be a dangerous perimeter guy. I don't know. It, it, he's one of the trickiest reads you can find in the top half of the draft this year there's so much boom or bust and i hate that label normally but it kind of does seem to fit him because the range of outcomes is quite literally anywhere between first line player and doesn't make a substantial role in the nhl well and that's why i um i, I wanted to lead off savoy too because because of that center thing and the, the question the, the center thing the thing that he is a center um <laughs> the red wings in scotty and i's opinion like i let off the show with we feel that they need a genuine bona fide prospect at to be a top six center. You know, Joe Valeno came up and finally solidified his spot in the NHL roster. We're not sure he can become that top six center. Um, Jonathan Bergen broke the rookie record in the AHL. Um, he's probably the best candidate. You also got Theodore Niederbach in the wings and Elmer Soderblom. But we don't really know if any of those guys can become that second top six center that the Red Wings need to pair with Dylan Larkin. And so that's why leading off with Matthew, Matthew Savoy and the reason why these, this is a position we're looking at, because if the Red Wings want to build a contender, it's a position of need. And that's something that Savoy has that the Red Wings desperately need is the fact that he's right-handed shot. And I, I, not even just the Red Wings, but I feel like any NHL team, just needs right-handed shots at this point because it feels like the league is 
just dominated by lefties. And I don't know how much an advantage you think that could give him at the NHL level, especially if he manages to shore up those weaknesses that you said. But do you think that the that the fact that he is a right-handed shot might be able to give him that slight edge um, in draft mm-hmm. position just because of the fact that it's so hard to come by right-handed shots these days? That's a team-by-team thing. There could be a team out there that places extra value in which hand is or what the release is, but... I personally don't think that's the way you should be drafting because that could really open up to, it's kind of one of those, like you're staring at a tree and missing the forest situations. I mean, it's not always, but it can open you up to that. And that's like, it goes with like anything looking for any specific trait, like, Oh, we desperately need a top six right-handed center looking for that might just end up harming you in the long run because you become so focused on the player. And then, you know, they're, they're still like a great prospect, right? Like Matt Savoy is a legitimately great prospect. Don't get me wrong. And let's say it's Matt Savoy and Frank Nassar, who are both undersized players who could play center down the line and drive play through the middle. If you have both on the clock, let's just, your justification for taking Savoy shouldn't be that he's the right-handed shot because there's a lot of details that separate their games that are way more important in terms of determining how you're going to develop them, their NHL likelihood, all of that. It, it wouldn't be my go-to move. At, at the very least, what I will say is if it was, everything else was equal, yeah, it's a tiebreaker. Good. It's one so, of those traits that you can use as a tiebreaker, but I don't want to place emphasis into it. That's fair. Um, I do got to get to a break or a uh, ad read here, but when we come back, I want to further this conversation about Matthew Savoy and get a little bit, back, little bit more back into his strengths. Um, but I do got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar, um, we've been talking to you guys a lot about those birthday cake puffs. And Scotty, before we got on the air today, before we started recording, I went to the gym. And halfway through my cardio session, this is something that's never happened to me before. I was cr- actually craving a protein bar. Legitimately, I've never had a protein bar that I've craved during a workout. Usually They're it's good, just a thing that I take after really good. I was straight up like, I want the marshmallow. It's, a, it's the Built Bar Puff, <laughs> the birthday cake one. I was They're so good. I have the wrapper here because literally while we were prepping and talking before we recorded, I was inhaling yeah. this Built Bar. I've almost <laughs> gone through my whole box they gave all the hosts. All right? I think I literally have one left in my box at this point. This is legitimately the first time in my life I've ever craved a protein yeah, bar. It, that's how good they are. Um, they're only 150 calories with 16 grams of protein, nine grams of sugar. This limited time flavor is an amazing option. If you're looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day, all built puffs are covered in hundred percent real chocolate. That means with that, with built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. Go to built.com to get birthday cake puffs. Now go to built.com. Use promo code locked 15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty and I are joined by Sam McGilligan of McKean's Hockey as he helps us break down um, our prospect profile on Matthew Savoy. Uh, Scotty, do you have anything that you'd like to ask Sam? Yeah, well, I wanted to kind of dive a little bit deeper in the – I know we want to get to his strengths here, but but I want to dissect maybe the the weakness of his inability to handle pressure. Uh, like a little bit more is that is that just like any type of pressure or is it like he doesn't handle like a four check well like a back check or is it like a 
you know, he gets it somewhere and he, like he just gets bull rushed, like and he doesn't know what to do, like he freezes. What I, I guess uh, I'm just more wondering what type of pressure is, is he really struggling with, or is it just all pressure and that's just going to have to be something that that he clearly needs to develop? Yeah, I realized when I, was, I said it. I realized after I said it earlier, I'm like, that sounds a little too critical because it's not like he's completely incapable of handling pressure. If he was, he wouldn't be scoring at sure, the rate right. he is, right? It's, that's a big deal. Um, the biggest issue I have with Savoy right now in his game is... Uh, here's an example, actually. Something I even mentioned to Scouch earlier when I was watching his game is he was kind of fumbling some little off direction passes like people were throwing passes away and they weren't really coming in but he's high skill right like you want to see those high skill players corral those pucks in super cleanly and then just make quick decisions like that's what a first line forward is in the nhl versus third the guy who just catches the puck not a wasted millimeter in movement and then can just instantly attack and with Savoy, he was kind of fumbling pucks and then pressure comes his way. Let's say he's crossing the blue line and he's got a defender who's paying attention to him. He, that's his assignment. So his guy's coming in. One guy, not really a problem. Dynamic players like Savoy can shred, can shred a single dip, uh, variable like it's nothing. Defender comes up, he can attack laterally. He can attack with a skill. He could just fake with his feet and destroy him with his hands. There's so many different options that this guy has. But let's say he's now, he's got a defender draped to his back, pressuring him. He gets the puck, and now there's a guy in front of him as well. He doesn't have much room to operate in. He has the tools to escape. So it's not like he doesn't, like he's not a good skater or anything like that. Oh, no, he's brilliant. Okay, so he has the ability to. It's just more of a, I mean, that would be, what, more of a mental thing than at that level? It's definitely, it's definitely a mental thing sometimes it could it's just as simple as just not understanding the margin of time that you have sure you think you have that extra half second and you don't yeah but the hardest thing that i think i picked up in these years of scouting is just like it's really hard to teach players how to operate 0.5 seconds faster on certain plays like a lot of it's just like natural born iq yeah, kind of like I hockey sense IQ, all those terms. It's hard to define what they mean, but it, there's something there, right? It, I try and look at it as player mapping. Like they know where all 10 players on the ice are and the like trajectory of where they're going and why. And the best of the best just have that complete understanding. So when they get the puck, they know exactly the milliseconds on their stick. They know what to do. Right. There was a few times where Savoy. I've seen him and I'm like, oh, wow, he's about to do something. And he lost the puck sure. because he got himself open, like great read to find the open space and where the puck was going to go. And he gets it on his stick. And then he just takes that extra second, gather, gathers the puck, scan, looks up the ice and scans and then begins the play. The window to already make the high danger pass had ended. He forced it and it was a turnover. Sure. That little difference is teachable but not to everybody and i don't want to comment on how teachable he is because i don't I, you can't yeah know we, we don't know at 18 years right? old just going off of historical trends it's not in his favor they're also most of them aren't as gifted as he is either like he's a really 
his highlight reel is insane. It's up there with anybody in draft. Never draft off of a highlight reel, but his some of the stuff I've seen him do this year is just absolutely ludicrous. Like I've seen him handle pressure and beat three guys single-handedly, skate up the ice, set up a player. Only happened a handful of times, but you know, the, the, those types of plays just don't really happen often in hockey anyways. Yeah, so, so like it, the talent's there, but it's more about making it a consistent thing rather than just like, Every so often it clicks, you know, I want to make that clicking just a constant thing that he can do. And, and one of the, some of the strengths that I've been reading, you know, up about him is like his great goal score, which is something that you've said, and that his playmaking ability is pretty good too. I, I also want to talk about, you know, we, we've talked about him not being able to handle pressure, but in the defensive zone defensively, is he involved in the play at all? Is he a res- defensively responsible for it as well? I think so. I think others would disagree. I don't think he boasts tremendous defensive upside, but I also think it's really hard to tell how defensive upside at this age, right? Just yeah. because like the leagues they play in, the way good defense played doesn't necessarily always translate to the NHL, but he's active. Actually, more so than today, I, I think I realized I liked his defensive game more, even if his offensive game is bugging me a bit, just because... He's active. He's making good reads. He knows when to pinch and when not to pinch. And he knows his escapes the second he gets the puck, how to move the play up the ice. There wasn't really that many errors. There wasn't that many standout plays either, but there wasn't a lot of errors, which is probably the more important side of things because good defense you don't often notice. Like I'm sitting there watching just number 93 go around the ice. And I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, there's a couple of like plays that you might have been able to make a couple extra steps but like it's always important when scouting these players to remember the pace hockey is played at Mm -hmm. like you don't have their mistakes are just made all the time crosby makes mistakes mcdavid makes mistakes yeah it's so easy when like like, yeah it's so easy when you're watching it on tv and you can stop and pause and go frame by frame to point out the mistakes they make but especially when they're so raw at 18 years old it can be very difficult to truly gauge their potential. But, I mean, Savoy, he, he, he's definitely an interesting one. And I said at the start of the show, but be, because of the fact that I've seen people, especially I feel like he has slipped a little bit on a lot of mock drafts. He's um, going to. Yeah, I, I've seen him as high as third overall up there with Cooley and Shane Wright, especially before the season started. And now we're seeing a, it's it's much more mixed bag. And that would lead me into my my final real question about uh, Matthew Savoy and where we think that he may go in this draft. But before we answer that question, I got to talk teaser. to you guys. That's about what we call Bet a teaser. Card. That is a fantastic tease all time. Uh, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs and Major League Baseball scores fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website to do today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The hell is to do. <laughs> to do. To do. Oh, to do. Happy to do, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We are joined to do by Sam McGilligan of McKean's <laughs> Hockey as we s- enter segment three here. So uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still thinking about the protein bar from earlier. They, they, look, they actually look great. You're They're selling so me on good, it. They're so good, man. Yeah? Okay. Actually, like, it's ridiculous. I, I, that you wasn't... sale on the podcast. How does that make you feel? 
I'm going to go get great. some. Great. I'm doing a good job. Are great. And that Beautiful. wasn't me just like reading the ad read. Like I legitimately was on the well, stairs. I see it like, in your oh. face. You're just like, oh man, I, like I actually enjoyed that There's marshmallow so protein good, bar. Man. Well, like, and so many times you get these protein, these ad reads that are like, oh, it tastes just like a marshmallow. And that's what the Built Bars one, you know, said. And then, like, you actually try and you're like, oh, like, they weren't lying. It's It legitimately tastes like you're eating marshmallow. It's kind of unfair. Like, it's wild. how is that even possible? It's really so, wild. Yeah, they're right. incredible. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to check that out after this, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> do it, man. Do it. Built.com. Uh, use code LOCKDOWN15 for 15% off your order. There you go. Belt.com. Use Black. code locked on. See, I don't have this. Never mind. It's already. I forgot what the <laughs> stupid tagline is already. Locked 15. Wait, wait, wait. I got you. I got you. We'll leave this up for the rest of the show for you. There you go. Belt.com. Locked 15 and get 15% off your order. <laughs> uh, we're talking about Matthew Savoy, uh, 2022 NHL draft eligible prospect. He plays center. We're with Sam McGilligan, uh, writer and a nat- scout and an Video and data analysis for McKean's hockey. Get all the things in there. And <laughs> I'm going to throw you kind of like a loaded question and maybe kind of one you weren't, I, you might've seen it coming, but we weren't like prepared to tell you or preparing. We didn't prepare you with and tell you before the show had started as I fumble my words magnificently here. Um, but, you know, looking at Savoy and looking at the potential needs of the Red Wings, and I had told you, obviously, multiple times at this point, that Scotty and I think that center is a, need, a pressing need for the Red Wings. But in reality, the Red Wings still need a little bit of everything. If Matthew Savoy is on the board at eight, do you think that the Red Wings are legitimately considering him? And I know it's, that's the loaded question part because we don't know what the board will look like. Um, and then the other question is, Overall, where do you think that Matthew Savoy could fall in this draft? Okay, so Bob McKenzie just recently released uh, a little bit of like a teaser of the upcoming list. And that's the one that's really most accurate to how the actual draft is going to go because it's not, his own pers- yeah, it's not his own personal list. Like it's an aggregate of scouts that he talks to. So it's the most representative of what's going to happen. Not always perfect, but it, you know, it it's pretty accurate. And he Savoy's now slipped to I think it, it was like seven or eight or something like that, which isn't crazy. It's exactly the Detroit range. I think he might slip a little further. Um smaller player can be pushed off the puck by overly physical guys sometimes struggles to make pressure a few games where I should have mentioned this earlier. There was a few games that I've seen where the opposing team deemed Savoy as the main threat to guard and have a guy on him at all times. And the second guy between him and the puck area, pretty much at all times, they can't get him the puck. He's out of the game almost entirely from that. Every time he gets the puck, he's draped instantly and kind of coughed it up in those games. He turns out to be a little bit of a non-factor. Those are more representative of what the NHL will do to him. So there are a lot of concerns and NHL general managers specifically do not like those concerns more often than not. Those are the type of players who slip year in, year out. There's always a few guys where the public are like, how is he falling? And almost always it goes back to, they don't handle, they don't handle pressure as well as like the average person thinks they do. sounds like you're talking about Philip Zadina. (laughs) A little bit, but I was a huge Zadina fan back in 2018. (laughs) So we all were, I I mean, let's be honest. I had him third. So. He's still young. 
yeah, he's and he's actually a good player, but he is a bit of an example of kind of like what I'm going for. Although I don't really remember too much of his play because I didn't have in step back then. It was also what four or five years ago now. It's been four years since Adina. Oh my god. Anyways, um, I don't know. Detroit's considering him. Everyone's going to consider him at their pick, I think. But whether or not they pull the trigger is going to be a different question entirely. It only takes one. He could go sixth. He could go ninth. He could go like 20th. And I don't think it's as unreasonable as it sounds at this current time. Although he's probably going to go like sixth just to make this age crap now. But um, <laughs> he's someone you consider, right? But the thing is, it's like you guys do need a top six center. I agree. That is the thing to go for. Only if it's the right pick to make, though. You can't just because you need a top six center and you draft them there, that doesn't force them to be a top six center. That's just what you need, right? Like you might be throwing away extra value at the pick if Savoy turns out to just be a middle six winger who kind of just compliments bigger players and can't do as much with the puck as he's used to. And then you're looking back and you go, ah, well, you're a check was still on the board and he's a first guy somewhere. And don't like you guys have defense everywhere. We need but it. Even, <laughs> yeah, you guys have defense like crazy right now, but even then it's just like the idea of a Maurice. We have side one at the NHL level though. So that's the problem. <laughs> I, think Ed- I think Edvinson is kind of a pretty solid lock at this point. The step forward he took this year was insane. Eiserman yeah. stopped just short of saying he was a lock during Yeah, he literally race. said everything but he's gonna be in the NHL next year. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably going to be in the NHL next year. And if not next year, then without question the year after, he'll probably be a pretty big contributor soon. And then you add, let's say it's eighth overall and David Juracek is still on the board. For me, I take Juracek. I don't care what the positional need is, especially because the idea of a Maurice Sider, Simon Evanson and David Juracek blue line is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Everybody (laughs) is getting launched 80 feet into the stands and there's nothing anybody can do about it. Those three guys are monsters. William Wallander also was the U20 player of the league. Oh wow, that's a terrifying top four. (laughs) That actually works perfectly because there's double right hands and double left hands. That could be one of the most ridiculously scary top fours if everyone so, hit their ceilings. So with Savoy, like, so you think that there are some players, like you said, that at eight, if they're on the board, you take them no matter what. He does not fall into that category. No. There's – I my list currently has right at number one, duh, and then, like, a clear tier that's the head of the draft. It's Logan Cooley and Juracek. And then it's also Brad Lambert, who me and Scouch are on an island pretty much at this point, it feels like. But, <laughs> yeah, all um, we got Scouch's opinion on that. over him last <laughs> week, yeah. Yeah, like Lambert is also a player that if it, it's eight, if I'm Detroit and it's eighth overall, I'm taking Brad Lambert. Like, that is my pick. I'm going to say this on every podcast, I feel like, this for the rest <laughs> of it. But, like, for me, I have Lambert number two for a ton of different reasons. Um most of them being that this guy has legitimate first line center potential. If Savoy's on a first line, I don't think it's coming at center. I just don't see it happening. He Lambert could be better than Larkin. He's also risky. It might just not work out. That might just that's every draft pick, though, right? Yeah. 
me and Scouch might look like morons a few years from now because we had Lambert at two and then he ends up playing like five NHL games ever. Well, you could also look like geniuses because Tony Ferrari, you know, famously likes to talk about the fact that he was one of the few people at where, you know, he works that had Matt Moritz Sider as high as he did. And then Moritz Sider went in the top 10 and look where that's at. So if, you, yep. if you're hitting on Lambert, I mean, you're going to be getting some phone calls. <laughs> I, I think there are a lot of players that you can consider at the eighth, eighth overall pick. But the thing with this draft is just like, I don't think it's lived up to the hype. And no. there's just an unfortunate amount of inherent risk in every pick that's not like the top four. Like Slavkovsky's going to play. Cooley's going to play. Wright's going to play. Nemich is probably going to play. And Nemich is going to play. It just I've definitely questioned how effective he is going to be. But after that, it gets really muddy. And there is like, oh, wow, he didn't even come close to reaching his ceiling potential on, I'm not even joking, like what feels like every player has like one critical flaw that can just completely derail their development. If they don't, and like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's True. insane. This draft is it, like, it's so. I guess it's kind of similar to last year. Everyone said last year was a bit of a weak draft. And it, it was, but there's a lot of players who were like maybes where you're watching them. They're like, man, you could actually be something insane. One of them was Cole Sillinger and he's already mm. looking better than everybody. Yeah. And like, we, like I was higher on Sillinger than most. I think I've, I've finished with him at 11. He you went were when, I mean, I, I remember when, like last year with Nolan and I's profiles, you were higher on him than most people we talked to. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. This was the podcast I did, Cylindra. Oh wow. Well, then that is. <laughs> you were. That, that's why we had you on be, specifically because we wanted to bring on somebody that was high on him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I remember that now, and um, he's already way better than I thought because he just put a bunch of things together. I was thinking this was gonna be a three, four year process. Apparently, it was two months. <laughs> and then he's just like, oh, by the way, look at all these new things. Look at all these things I can do. And it's just like, okay, the, that could be this draft. There are so many players that are like, maybes they take a huge step forward. And when they take that step, they're going to be some scary players. But maybe none of them do, or maybe a few of them do. It could be a 2012. It could be a 2017. Yeah. You can't tell right now. That's, that's always the kind of the scary part. I am of the belief that like if I had a top 10 pick and I was an NHL GM, I'm trading hell back because <laughs> there are players who I think are pretty much just a hair behind the talent level of the top 10 who are just as risky. But when you're taking them at 17th instead of eighth, it doesn't feel, it doesn't hurt as much. If they miss, they have somewhat reasonable upside. That's about equivalent. And you probably got an extra pick or an asset or something for moving back that was worth it. And even if, even if both players hit and the guy who went eighth was better, like let's say Detroit trades down to, I don't know. I said 17. I don't even know who has 17, 17. And then they take Lambert there or something. And then someone takes Savoy at eight. I'm taking what Detroit does a hundred times out of 10. Interesting. I mean, even if Savoy ends up better, I'm still making that decision. Right, yeah, value wise, yeah. Sam, yeah, like hindsight doesn't help in these things. Like people want to use hindsight in these arguments. It doesn't. Like it 
there are so many possible outcomes for these players and a scout's job is just to kind of assess which ones are more reasonable and work with the development team to figure out how to make sure the you know right. better ones happen. And a lot of it's value a lot a of lot it is of just value. value you will miss on high value picks that's the draft welcome yep. to this welcome to it yeah unless you're steve eisman you draft the calder champion at six and people saying you reached on him um <laughs> we got a good jam sam You've yes, pretty you much answered every question I had, half of them before I could even ask them, <laughs> um, which is beautiful. The precisely Sam, what I baby. wanted. The beautiful, the Efficiency. beauty of Sam McGilligan. Uh, like literally, I was gonna, I was like, after asking you about where you think Savoy could land, I was gonna be like, do the Red Wings take best player available instead? And you were like, you, then you started talking about best player available. I'm like, this this guy's ahead of the game. He's ahead of the curve. Um, <laughs> Done this a couple of times now. <laughs> I've gotten all my questions out. Scotty, do you got any that you have left unanswered? No, sir. All right. Sounds good. Um, Sam McGilligan, McKean's Hockey. Where can we find you? What are you yeah, working on? Plug your stuff. This is amazing. Every time we get to this point, I have to go and check my Twitter to see if there is an underscore in my at or not. And <laughs> uh, there is. Every t- there is. Okay. Yeah. See? Every time without fail. Because I know the one time I just said it was at Sam McGilligan. And nope that wasn't it it wasn't my hat people couldn't find me i imagine i mean it's not hard to figure it out still but damn so anyways at sam underscore mcgilligan for the twitter um i have a sub stack which i'm gonna be honest i haven't even personally announced this part yet i so congratulations to the whole like one person that listens to this and knows who i was beforehand um that Substack was originally supposed to be for like interesting draft concepts and things like that. And I wrote a ton of paper uh, things for it that are all sitting in a Google drive that never got uploaded. And I don't know what I'm doing with it. I think I'm just going to use that as a place to like store rankings and things like that. Uh, so sammcgilligan.substack.com is going to have some sort of content coming. <laughs> I just kind of can't advertise what it is yet. Cause I don't know. I'm not It's going to sure be hockey it. content, right? Yeah. It's going to be hockey, but I don't know if it, it's going to be theoretical stuff. If it's going to be like specific stuff tailored to prospects or anything in between, I don't know. But the bulk of my work goes on McKean's hockey, anyways. Um, so Which, follow if McKean's you're not hockey fo- as well. if you're not following McKean's hockey, you got to already. I mean, you guys have our listeners have listened to uh, you and Scouch a ton. You we know you guys are intelligent, know your stuff. So if you're not following McKean's hockey already, you're really missing out on really good analysis on the NHL and the draft. Appreciate that. Thank of you. Course, man. Yeah, um, so that's pretty much it. Like I don't have much going on with that right now. Most of this, almost everything I do comes out through McKean's anyways. And then if a ranking post comes out, it typically goes on the sub stack. And then maybe if I ever find something fun to write about, I'll post it, but kind of just keeping that one open anyways to whatever. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, Sam, we appreciate you coming appreciate on and talk to us. And we're oh, going to probably reach back, out. To I imagine you. I was going to say, absolutely. Well, I can, I cannot guarantee many things in this world. That is <laughs> The off season is a marathon, not a sprint. So there are going to be a lot of opportunities for you to come on and help us break down prospects. Cause yeah, let's, let's be it. honest. You guys watch those way more than we watch them. You know, being hockey red wing centric here, we don't get a lot of opportunities to watch some of those extra, uh, a lot of those prospects. So having that insight from you guys is invaluable to us. Yeah, awesome. Um, thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. 
Make now make your second listen locked on NHL from first round matchups to each Stanley Cup kiss. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty and I will be back with you for our final, final grades of the offense on Friday. And uh, it'll it'll be good. It'll be a great one. Yeah. Same time, same place to your team every, every day. day.